Welcome to Let's Talk Sailing, episode two. My name is Mitch Webb, and I'm joined by my expert co-host this evening. Chris Robson. Here he is. If you've not caught episode one, we had a great discussion with two top Denny sailors, Alex and Lucy, on the subject of handicap racing versus one design fleet racing. Yeah, it was an interesting chat, that one. And um, with our panel coming from such different sailing backgrounds, and they came in with some good input on the subject, actually. It was an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Very interesting. And we've got to say a massive thanks to our panellists, Alex and Lucy, for their input. Yeah, obviously it was our first go at it as well, Chris. Uh, I think we managed to get our way through, but we're onto episode two this week, so we're going to be thoroughly professional. What do you think? I think let's get started and see where we go. Okay. I think the, the flow can only take us one way. <laughs> That's right, right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's hit hit week two, right? Episode two. This so week we tackle a bit of a strong statement that small boat sailors make better sailors. What do you think, Chris? Ooh, I've got a bit of a personal affection to this one. I used to be a dinghy sailor myself, and then moved into the cargo ships that are keelboats. Um, what do I like more? I think as I've got older, I've really enjoyed the keelboat scene. And I wouldn't be very good at the dinghy aspect anymore. But certainly learning my basic skills growing up, dinghies were fantastic. Yeah, I'm the same. I uh, grew up sailing dinghies and I I still consider myself a dinghy sailor. I still feel like I sail like a dinghy sailor. So what I want to explore this evening is um, uh, do those skills give us uh, an advantage on the race course? And we've got a great panel this week. So let's, um, let's get them on board. Right, Chris. Shall we? Shall we kick it off? Episode, yeah. So, episode. This is our episode two, and this week we're talking about um, small boat sailors being better big boat sailors, and the idea that a dinghy background <laughs> gives you a does it give you a competitive edge in keelboat racing? And uh, this week we warmly welcome back Hannah Meyer and Sabine Reitens. And let's introduce the panel and get to know them one by one. First of all, Vac, home to the very competitive Mel G's 24 Canaloa, a boat I'm always keeping an eye on on the race course. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us this evening. You're on the podium more often than, uh, than not, sailing your Mel G's 24. What other classes have you sailed competitive, competitively? I've uh, maybe started in the background. I started sailing in, uh, let's say, in dinghies from the age of seven. Um, I've never sailed an optimist. I started uh, straight into a uh, double-handed uh, uh, small dinghy, a, um, a similar to a uh, like a 420. Uh, so I had a, a mate, and we've been doing some local races in the, the province of Zeeland, southwest of uh, Holland. And I've been doing that for um, uh, probably about six years. And then from there, I moved into uh, slightly larger dinghies. I sailed a uh, bit in in, uh, England. And um, from there, I moved into uh, keelboat racing. Been sailing uh, keelboats from the age of um, 17 until today. Wow. Great. And I suppose (laughs) just putting the yingling class into perspective there for any listeners that haven't seen one of those before. Uh, it's almost a, 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 a bit of a, a match, a mash between a dinghy and a keelboat. 
It's, uh, it reacts more like a keelboat, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a small sailing. Yeah, very competitive sailing. Yeah. Excellent. And then on the, uh, let's say, racing in the uh, the keelboats, uh, we've been having our own keelboat. Uh, we still have a Canaloa in Holland, which is a 34-foot uh, Jeannot. Uh, with that boat, we've done uh, uh, two fastnets. We've been in Spain. We've done uh, seven uh, races from Belgium to the island of Helgoland in the German Bites. Um, and then we've been racing across the North Sea on the North Sea regattas uh, in the um, southwest of Holland, the races out of Breskens. And uh, we have been doing that uh, on this boat uh, for the last uh, what, 42 years. We have the same boat and it's still in uh, mint racing condition. Very nice, very nice. Well, let's uh, introduce your your close friend and very close rival, especially in the uh, shorthanded series, Sabine. Um, you're most often seen helming your beautiful dragon uh, named Just Us. Um, hi, Sabine. Thank you very much for contributing this evening. And um, recently, you were part of a small uh, but successful crew that won line honours in this year's Muscat race aboard the 100-foot Swan. Rusalka. So uh, we'd like to delve into that experience a little later in discussion. Um, but uh, I'll pass to Chris for this one. Yeah, so Sabine, first of all, we were just interested in what classes you've been racing previously and what led you to choose the Dragon class? Ah, good question. <laughs> um, I've started... Uh, racing on a very slow keel boat a couple of years ago at dusk and we were always the last boat and they always took away the boys already before we could finish <laughs> and then uh, that was Erwin's boat and then Erwin bought Matrix and Matrix was very fast so then we did very well in club class <laughs> and that was really fun and then Matrix was sold and I moved over to Tissehill and joined them on the team. And then, yeah, then um, uh, we bought uh, Justice and uh, that's the boat now. So. Very interesting. So you, you, you've not, so thinking about your sailing CV, um, is it true to say that Just Us is perhaps the smallest boat that you've raced quite regularly? Um, I've sailed a lot of dinkies and we had uh, a very fast dinky as well, which we love to sail, and, and but we never raced competitively. So we just raced with ourselves, uh, caught the kite up and just tried to get as fast as possible and <laughs> not flying off <laughs> the boat. Um, but we never dare to enter a, a competition on that one. So, and what was the yeah, class so of? Uh, what was that class about? Can we ask? Uh, Laser four thousand. Oh, I know that boat very well. So, he's a yeah. fast boat. Yeah. So a lot yeah, faster no. than the dragon, that's for sure. Yes, yes, yes. And, and um, if you have a little bit of waves, you are, that was very nice to keep the the wings out of the water <laughs> because if you got stung in the water, it capsized quite easily quite quickly and so what um what skills do you think uh, you've inherited through 
your the differences between sort of sailing dinghies and sailing keelboats. Um, what skills do you think each kind of uh, type of sailing have given you? Um, now, I, I started really when I was a kid with, with windsurfing. So the, the skill that you first learn is just the, the wind, the wind angles, where the wind is coming from. And, and with, yeah, when I started dinky sailing when I arrived in Dubai 16 years ago, that that was easy for me because I was so used to wind angles and things. And then sailing was really easy compared to windsurfing. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, more comfortable. Uh, so I think I've, I've found uh, your secret because, um, may I say, I, when, I, when I watch you race, you're a very natural sailor and you're very comfortable on the helm and you keep the boat moving at all times. Now, could that secret, do you think, uh, lie in your windsurfing background and that wind awareness that you get from just being on a board holding a sail? I think so, because I think both with a small boat and a big boat, all, all you have to do is feel and feel the wind and react to it in different ways. But yes, I am. Uh... Interesting. Very cool. Um, and back, leaning back to your, you come from a, a dinghy uh, sailing, um, but obviously then getting, it sounds like you're going to keelboat racing quite young. Um, what made you take that jump from dinghy racing to keelboat racing? Ah, that's very simple. We had a, I had a, a small dinghy, my brother had a dinghy, so we had two. And then at a certain moment, my dad bought a, uh, a nine-meter yacht, for which we've been uh, using in summer times to uh, go on holidays. And at a certain moment, that boat became too small, and then everything was sold, mm -hmm. and we bought one bigger boat. And uh, that's what uh, made the change going from... Uh, from dinghy into uh, into yachting. And when you were looking at cruising initially, did that get you into the race course uh, inshore wise, or was it more of a focus of straight off to offshore environments, and then uh, all of a sudden inshore was just a natural uh, progression? No, we the moment we went uh, on the uh, say the big boat initially, we've been doing cruising, and then uh, then we started racing. Uh, and only offshore, because living in Vlissingen, which is uh, right on the uh, on the North Sea, it's all uh, always been offshore sailing. And there's some pretty competitive uh, sailing around there. I've, I've, I haven't been into the port, but I've certainly been around those seas a lot before. And uh, learning to helm and to uh, trim sails in the North Sea is certainly no mean feat. It's uh, certainly a testing ground. It is very much the testing ground. If you can survive there, I think you will survive everywhere. <laughs> Especially when you do yeah, racing in the, early, uh, in the early month of the season and, uh, or in the late month when the, the wind starts to pick up and the water temperature starts to drop. Excellent. And um, we'd like to quiz Sabine on her experience on the um, Swan this this year, mm. uh, taking part in the Muscat race. Um, it was the boat's third attempt and um, because it, there, there is a high attrition rate in the race, it is a tough race. And on, on your third attempt, not only did you finish, but you, you took line honours. Um, but a very different boat to your, your normal 
your normal helm. Um, can you talk us through some you know, the style difference between um, you sailing the the Swan and, and and what your focus is on to to racing competitively on a, a hundred foot yacht such as Rosalka? Yeah, the, the the big difference is is, is the reaction speeds of um, of the Swan. It's it's so much more slower. So the minute you take on your in, you look at your instruments, you're already too late with reacting basically. So um, yeah, and and also when you start sailing, it, it takes a, a little while to really get in the groove that you really get the feeling with the boat and you you, you go and and helm the boat correctly. Um, that that's that's yeah, major difference with a small boat that you easily adapt and so. And Sabine, can we ask the question? In the in the nighttime sailing of the Muscat race, how um, the first night, uh, the first night was uh, oh, we had wind. It was just going around the oil platform there, uh, following uh, El Saraya. It was just, yeah, first the, the pain with all the fissure nets that we had, <laughs> had to uh, try to avoid. So we were very well awake. Um, the second night there was no wind. We were sitting and floating there and we saw another, what well, we thought fisherman, but it could have been a sm smuggler as well. <laughs> and then the last night we had a lot of wind and a lot of high waves so that was it was three completely different uh, nights of sailing and all had interesting parts to it <laughs> so you mentioned that one of the key differences there is is the the reaction speed of the boat and um yeah, how intuitive that is for a, a sailor in, say, a, a small boat or an open boat such as the Dragon, where you can feel the wind around you. Um, you, you can very easily see your telltales and uh, a wind um, instrument on the top of the mast. You know, all the data is quite quite visual, whereas yes. the, the data on you're getting um, on on the on the hundred foot Swan is is very much. Um, you know, digital and it, you're getting the numbers through the instrument panel. So how how do you get that feel and how do you then prepare yourself for sailing at night where you have so much less data, you, you don't have the visual data of, of telltales or wind gusts on the water? You know, how do you, um, what, what that, goes through your mind that, before that going all, on shift? That are, that are all things you have on a smaller boat. You have the telltales and, and, and the wind gusts and stuff. You don't feel that so much on the big boat. You have your instruments. And even I tried to sail on, on the telltales on the big boat and I was too late. It, it doesn't really, really help you. You really have to, to feel the boat and you, you check your instruments to see whether you actually are correct. But you cannot really sail on it. Okay. So you really have to feel the, 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 yeah, the groove, how the, how the boat is going. And how long does it and take? There's a difference. But yeah. I was going to ask you how long did it take to adjust to to because you you jump into your 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 dragon every weekend or most weekends and you you know the sweet spots how how long did it take to learn um, where a boat like um, Rosalka that's so much more heavier and takes more wind to get it going and takes more wind to to react how long did it take to to cope with adjusting between those two boats. 
Um, it, I think it depends a little bit on the mentality and the character of the person. If, if you're really used to sailing a smaller boat, you want to do too much. And in, in the big boat, you, you have to let the boat do much more things and, and feel it and how long to, to learn it. I don't know. I, it's, yeah, it's just something that comes naturally. <laughs> you just, you just got to go with them. Yeah, I think so. And, and you don't have it always right, but, but yeah, the boat goes, the boat is, is, yeah, CC is sailing very lovely. So very cool. Yeah, no, very, it's very impressive looking boat. And then back, I suppose, just coming back to, to Canaloa and, and the boat that you race at the moment. Um, a, a lovely looking boat and also very, very fast off the wind, especially when it's the right wind speeds. Um, how, how fast did it take you to learn how to uh, helm it efficiently and, and be able to do the right maneuvers in that kind of boat to get around the race course fast? Okay, I bought the uh, Melvius, uh, what, two years ago? And uh, I think we're still learning. See, if you look at the crew, we probably have uh, one of the oldest crews on the, on the boat. <laughs> the average age is above 50. And it's probably getting more to 55. So we're still, uh, still learning. And um, I think we do, okay. Is, is the whole crew uh, got a background of dinghy sailing? Um, not... All of them. I think uh, uh, Mark started to sail more when he was, when he came to Dubai. I'm, I don't know what his experience was before. Uh, Chris, uh, he's been sailing uh, uh, before coming to Dubai as well. Uh, Richard has been sailing, and um, who else is there? Kieran. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's different backgrounds, but all let's say used to a boat. Yeah. And when you're working on, on a small boat like that, obviously teamwork and communication is absolutely critical to get around the marks fast and really, really efficiently. How did you work on that? See, Mark is normally uh, sitting up front. He's uh, calling the shifts. And I think that's one of the advantages of the small boat because we are so quick on tacking. So just a small shift and uh, we take it. That's where you're on a bigger boat. It's a bit slower. You wait a bit longer, and therefore I think you can uh, gain uh, with a smaller boat uh, playing the shift better. Yeah, certainly we saw in that last uh, Commodore's Cup coastal race that we sailed. Uh, I think you you guys must have sailed the shortest distance. You were in the middle of the Division One fleet by the uh, top mark, right? And then yeah, what, we what was that like a 10, ten mile with the beast? <laughs> <laughs> And the same, the same, you see, when we do the shorthanded and also uh, I'm always, always keeping up with El Soraya going to the, uh, to the upwind mark. So it's, uh, it's sometimes strange to see that we are able to keep up with the uh, division bundles. Especially when the wind angles are right, then, it's, uh, then we are even matching them or, or exceeding uh, speed limits. And when you start to go downwind, obviously asymmetric spinnaker on board, so very different angles that you're working with and uh, uh, rather than the asymmetric spinnakers. But um, how did it feel on the first day you took it out with, I don't know, what was it take to, to surf the boat? Is it 15, 15 knots of wind speed plus? 
See, the difficult part with the asymmetric is uh, getting the angles right, because especially on the, uh, the up and down winds, uh, which is the 90% of the races we do in dusk, it's not really favoring the, uh, the asymmetrics, because the, the distance on the downwind uh, leg is too short uh, for us to really make up, uh, because we need to sell more distance. We've been trying all kinds of things. We even tried to uh, goose wing on the mail just to see if we can go really deep downwind and just take the shortest route. It worked, but uh, the mistake, if you make one mistake, is a complete fuck up, excuse my language. I think we're getting some more calls there, Mitch, for yeah. uh, some more reaching oh, stuff. Don't, don't worry, don't worry, I've heard <laughs> it before. <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> no, that's cool. And, uh, I was going to ask, um, Vac, um, your, your, your daughters are very proficient sailors. Um, I've coached Yentl myself and you know, they're a great laser sailor, really happy to jump into anything fast like a Laser Vago or Laser 4000, the 29er. And then um, it's pretty breathtaking that I should step into a Melgis 24 and not bat an eyelid. Um, do you think, uh, would, did you purposely push or encourage a, a dinghy um, foundation of knowledge in, in your children before letting them tackle a keelboat or have you just sort of let them just enjoy sailing and, and pick a boat whenever they like? I would like uh, to say that uh, first of all I don't want to push them, they have to do it themselves, if they don't like it they don't like it and uh, whether you're going to push them or not uh, they're never going to like it, they, they need to take it up themselves. Yeah. And uh, hopping in the melges is like a, it's like a big leaf. So therefore, I have no problem when uh, Jentel, Marie, and some of the friends uh, take out the, the melges. Okay, getting in and out of uh, dusk is uh, they need a bit of help. You remember when uh, I sailed out with them and then uh, hopped on the on the dinghy with you and let them play around for uh, the um, one of the what was it Bindai uh, regatta? And That's right. One. Yeah. I have no problem with them doing that. Uh, that I would encourage for them to, to do more often. Yeah, and, and interesting that your range of, of, you went through double-handers, you didn't do too much time in, in single-handers, so you concentrated on double-handers, but you moved through different classes and, and, and a variety of classes and picked up a, a broad knowledge. One thing we see at DOSC is a lot of you sailors sticking to particular class and not, not really... Um, adding much variety to their sailing. Um, would, what tips would you have for, for those sailors? I think they need to just team up uh, more often with a, uh, try to get on a, uh, on a keelboat. Especially yeah. if you uh, uh, take all the, the laser leak, they do laser leak only and laser leak and laser leak and nothing else. You don't see any of those uh, laser sailing reeling uh, getting into the keelboats. At the same time, the keelboats, they all have their uh, fixed crew and it's not easy to, uh, to get onto, um, uh, onto the, the crew list. The island we, we have a crew and therefore, uh, okay, if, if someone is not able to sail, then uh, sometimes we have a, uh, another one just joining. But that, the majority of the time, we just go with, uh, with one person less. Yeah, but there are a lot of other keelboats that are always looking for crew, so it should not be a real problem. No, and I think uh, that should be maybe encouraged a bit more, uh, maybe from uh, from Dusk uh, uh, Club itself. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's quite easy for keelboat sailors to have a go in a laser because we've got the club boats they can hire and they can jump in and have a go. Um, pre-warn them the the laser fleet is very competitive and that's not to scare them away but you you are always in a race in the laser fleet at dusk uh, we're very proud of the the laser fleet but for those sailors who are constantly in a, in a tactical battle in the laser it would be great like you said to see um some putting them some of those guys putting their hand up for uh, more um or team player action, and um, and maybe just to expand the horizons. As a dinghy sailor myself, um, on you know, I love speed. I love being so you know, inches away from the water and 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 cruising along, uh, racing or or just out for a play, and just trying to learn how to to sail a foiling dinghy. Just not for racing, but for pleasure. But one thing a dinghy can't do is you you can't look at the horizon and sail at it. And I think um, that's what's attracted me most to keelboat sailing, and 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 that's where most of my sailing lies now. Um, I think it's a little bit the same for you as well, Chris. Yeah, and actually, I was just going to fire that question straight back to you, Mitch. So, if I was a dinghy sailor, uh, a, a youthful teenager wanting to get into keelboating and dusk, um, how would I how would I go about that? Would I, you know, ask my parents to maybe? get in touch with the yacht club or how would I go about doing that myself? Well, I'm glad to think you think I'm a youthful dinghy sailor. Um, I was thinking more about my me prime, I'm afraid. I'm still, I've still got the moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there there are a number of events that um, sit outside of the serious um, race categories. Uh, we we all know that you know um, you own a boat or you run a boat to do well, and there are things like your Commodore's Cup series that remain um, quite serious for for those who take part. And we are a successful sailing club because we offer and provide and facilitate high-class racing for high-class racers. Outside of that program, there are multiple fun races um, that some some promote youth sailing into keelboats. Others are just openly uh, open in general. If you take the Tuesday night pursuit race, for instance, um, that, that really is uh, as, as relaxed as you can get but it's still ultimately a race and um, there are some very tactical and competitive moments with, with everybody going slow with white sails and small boats mixing with big boats. There, um, there's some, there's some tasty mark roundings in there. So uh, the expertise of a, of a young laser sailor or a teenage laser sailor, I'm sure will be very welcome on some of the, some of the keel boats. So just explore the, explore the calendar would be my, my recommendation. If there's something on the calendar that you, see the name but don't know what it is um check the website check the race documents find out what it is if you're still not sure what it is uh just call us email us and 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 ask there's we we really stepped up the calendar this season until it come to a bit of an abrupt end um you know we you I think a lot of members have noticed um, there is a lot more opportunity for more sailors to go sailing more often in more boats. And we've really packed the Saturdays as well as the Fridays. So there's so much sailing on offer. We do. You just need to scratch the surface. You need to do a bit of detective work and find out what's yep. out there. Great advice. And obviously, Dosk is always happy to help and communicate with our members and even members outside that community as well, bringing people into new sailing scenarios and seeing if they enjoy the sport. Um, it's what we want and what we really want to see building in the community. Um, but just to kind of turn it back to your offshore sailing experience, we've talked about your dinghy sailing experience a bit, 
but you've mentioned that you've done some of the toughest offshore sailing races in the world here. Uh, you started with the Fastnet race twice, and then obviously a handful of North Sea races as well. Can you just give us an experience of or, or what it was like in, in your eyes, starting on the Fastnet line and, you know, three to four days of pretty daunting sailing ahead? Yeah, I've done the, the Fastnet uh, three times. I've done it twice on our own boat and once on the Volvo 60. And wow. uh, the first time in our on our own boat, uh, halfway the Irish Sea, we had to retire because we ripped the main completely. So we just turned around and went back. Is that because uh, you were pushing it too hard? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, okay. Just, just it was uh, rough weather and it just uh, disintegrated. And wow. then the, the second one we finished, it was like a slow net. It was a very slow race. We even had to uh, to anchor uh, just to uh, just to stay put and not going backwards. So that took us uh, that time, I think, uh, five and a half days. And then uh, we've done it on the uh, Volvo 60. And again, it was a rather slow race in the, just, uh, th- just over three days. Wow, what experiences. And what was it like going from the small boat into a Volvo 60, for example, when you're essentially stepping onto a big version of a dinghy? Uh, those those boats yeah, the, the comfort level on the Volvo 60 was much less than our, on our own boat. The food <laughs> was uh, horrible. The dry food with a bit of hot water and uh, tasted all the same. The breakfast, lunch and dinner were all uh, similar. So uh, on our own boat where we had a, uh, a beer and a wine, it was uh, <laughs> very good. You need, to, you need to combine the pleasure with the uh, with the racing, right? You got to keep morale Absolutely. on board, haven't you? So I mean, Chris, we we set out to explore a, a thought or an idea or even a statement that um, small boat sailors make the best skill boat sailors. Um, looking back, I've kept a few notes looking back. Um, actually, two of the small, two of our most successful keelboat sailors or competitive keelboat sailors in the club, it's not so much they've come from keelboat sailors, I think, uh, small boats, I think, but they've come from a variety of boats. Um, Sabine starting in the windsurf, uh, Vax starting in the dinghies, but quickly getting into keelboats, but always you know, chopping and changing between between boats. Um, so being sailing at least four thousand just for fun. Now that's that's a that's a fast skiff. Um, and then translating all of those different fields, different functions, different skills into into successful results on the race course. So I, I don't. I think we might have discredited in our own theory, but uh, I think we we have come up with an answer that just getting experience in a in a variety of boats does does make good sailors. What do you think about that? I also think you need to do uh, all different jobs. If you go from a dinghy to a keelboat, uh, and if you've been on the helm on the dinghy, then on the keelboat, maybe start on the helm, but do any any job which is there go on the foredeck do the trimming so you have to uh, need to be multitasking yeah i completely agree with that sentiment as well back so long as uh, you're getting involved with the team environment you know sailing very much is on a keelboat a team environment and it's how you put the pieces of that puzzle together and um, from from my own background obviously i started in dinghies and i was a uh, crew on a dinghy a laser 2000 originally then went back to helming it 
then went into the fin class and then keelboat wise I actually started on the bow um, and I think that was the kind of uh, unwritten rule on, on race boats at the time is that the youngest uh, craziest person go to straight to the bow and, and see what you can put up in the air. Uh, so yeah, I certainly think keelboat sailing certainly adds that element of teamwork to it, and uh, it's 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 a great part to be a part of the team. And as you say, it's part of the adventure as well. When you're either going inshore or offshore sailing, um, you don't know what's over that horizon, and it's always an adventure. So it's always an exciting uh, prospect ahead. I also think it gives you great confidence. Just doing the different task on the boat, it gives you more confidence that you that you know what that, that other people are doing. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Sabine, and and that also helps with uh, the time the timing of commands on a boat um, and keeping the boat happy boat controlled, low stress. Um, if the commands come timed well, and if you know if you know what it feels like to be trying to pull in a a spinnaker that's kind of maybe caught a little bit too much water and caught a few fish, then uh, it doesn't help to have someone on the hanging off the backstay telling you to do it quicker. So um, it keeps it makes for a happier boat to have everyone to have a broader range of experience. So yeah, I completely agree, Sabine. Right, I think we I think we're almost kind of wrapping up, aren't we, Chris? And that's been a a very interesting conversation. I've certainly come to a, a strong opinion that a, a variety of boats, a variety of jobs, as, as Vax said, helps with, with building um, building competitiveness. And, and Sabine also commenting that it builds your confidence as a sailor as well if you, if you experience many different jobs. Um, and just uh, go back to one of Vax's phrases to, to say, you know, to be winning races but still learning. I think that's a, a fantastic comment and that's that's what I'll take away from this conversation, I think. Yeah, really nice touch. And also when Sabine was mentioning there that obviously she started off in windsurfing, it really does prove the point that you don't always have to be involved with sailing to get involved later on or really enjoy the sport as well. Um, if it's in a team environment or even if it's in an individual dinghy environment, and uh, just being competitive it's sometimes just the element of uh, sport that is really really good fun thank you very much for your time this evening sure. back and sabine and we hope to see you on the water very soon thank good. you thank yes you hope that, uh, i hope that too <laughs> this whole covid 19 whatever stops quickly and we can get out again yes yeah, yes we'll we cannot wait <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we Thank agree. You. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank very you. Much. Bye. you too. Thank you. Bye. It. Thank you for your time.